Welcome, everybody, to the second installment of the Plugged In Podcast. Look, I, I know that like there were some names tossed around, there were some things, some ideas, but Plugged In sounds pretty good, because that's really what we want people to get out of this. We want people to plug in, to be able to look at these scriptures, go back, hear what we were talking about on Sunday nights. If you didn't hear what we were talking about Sunday nights, then you get another avenue just to plug into the Word of God and get some insight and all those kinds of things. So, um, love the name, love the graphic. Huge shout out, real quick. We've had some major developments in podcast land over here. Kelsey Willis designed our logo in like 20 minutes and absolutely crushed us. Super creative. It looks awesome. Huge thank you to Kelsey. And then, and then the Luke intro. Adams oh my gosh. Intro. Yes. Mike, tell, please tell the people, tell the people the, the majesty of our intro. Oh man. Luke re-recorded every single one of those. It took him like maybe th- three takes at most for each of the parts to get it perfect. You Which know? is just sickening. Man. And he wouldn't settle for anything less than perfection. You yeah. know, like, if it wasn't so perfect, re-record. Like drives me insane. It's amazing. Why is he so good at literally know. everything? I don't know. Drives me nuts. Well, um, this week, we want to talk to you guys about worship. We're continuing on this like sanctification journey that we're on. Um, I firmly believe in talking about sanctification because uh, I think it's good to put like some principles and ideas in place to move forward in our walk with Christ. So um, for me, worship is a big part of that. And I think Scripture tells us that worship is a big part of sanctification, why worship is a big part of sanctification is because if our process is trying to become more like Jesus Christ, right? That's what we're supposed to do every single day. Like, that's our goal. That's our mission. If we're a follower, we become more like Him. We know that. So if that's the goal, then worship plays a huge part in that because worship is your avenue to see who God is and to recognize what God does. I'll say that one more time. Worship is your avenue to see who God is and what God does. And I think those two things give us our reason to worship. Like for me, worship has always been a big part of my life, mostly because of music. Like music is a big part of my life. If you know anything about me, you know, I love music. I play music. I lead worship. Like that has been a massive part of my calling into ministry That's just been a big part of who I am for a very long time, Um, but I've come to learn over the years that worship is not just about music coming from a stage. It's not just the notes I play on a guitar or the things that come out of my mouth. Like, worship is what I do each and every day. So, Mike, like, we've had a conversation before about corporate worship and what worship looks like in a church. That's a topic for another day, Mm -hmm. and we could have a two-hour podcast on that because we both have some very... um, well-grounded opinions, we'll just say it that way. Um, But like for you, do you see, like how do you view worship? Like as a a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, like how do you view worship? Maybe how did you used to view worship and how do you view it now? Is it different? Is it the same? Like tell me about it. Yeah, even if you didn't go into, uh, even if you didn't say how I used to view worship, I would have told you how I used to view it first because I think that's important. Because so many Christians view it currently as how I used to view it. Um, so what I used to think worship was, just in general, is is singing. Getting mm-hmm. together in the church and, and singing. Not that the entire service is worship. Not that 
uh, like doing something necessarily is worship, but it's just singing and music and and moving your spirit. You know, talk maybe talking good things about God uh, would be worship aside from singing, but that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Worship is a lifestyle. You know, mm. just, you know, people say it all the time, but. I've learned over the past couple of years that worship is, you know, in Romans, it talks about being a living sacrifice. And that is something, you know, you do with your body, mm-hmm. not just with your, not just in your spirit. Jesus calls you to worship with your spirit, but he also calls you to worship with your body. So doing things for Christ is also worship. Like you can have a worship service where there's no music and you just clean up the church. Ooh. Like that's also worship. Ooh. So, you know, that's a recent change in my view towards worship. And I don't think many churches would put a sign outside that said, Hey, worship cleanup service on Saturday. Like that's not a very attractive thing, Mm -hmm. but like worship is something that is attractive to people. Like people will go to a church because the worship is good, like mm-hmm. air quotes around that. The worship is good. That may be the case. The worship could be awesome, but like maybe it's just the music that's good. Yeah. And that's fine. That's awesome. I firmly believe in having good music. I try to provide good music with the talents and gifts that I've been given. You do the same thing. All of our worship team, they do the same thing, but worship is not just good music. You can't say that our church has good worship if they've just got good music. If our church isn't worshiping outside of what happens on a stage on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, whatever it is, like, are we a worshiping church? No. Are we a worshiping people? And that's like a tough realization, and that's why I think it plays so much into this process of sanctification, because what you said, worship is a lifestyle, like, that is almost becoming a cliche terminology, but I think it is, I've always said this, if it's cliche, it's probably true. Yeah. So I love that. Like worship 100% is a lifestyle. So Sunday night, we kind of broke this down into three sections. So if worship is a part of our sanctification process, then how do we do that in our lives every day? What does worship look like every day in our lives. How do we worship every day? And there's three areas that we talked about on Sunday night. Your time, how you spend your time, um, where do you take your pain, and what has your attention? Those three areas are the areas of our lives that kind of encompass the majority of it. And I think a lot of other things stem from those three areas. So um, to kind of get us started here, what we're going to do for you guys is we're going to take the scripture references that we talk about today, and we're going to put them in the description of this podcast so you can go and check out the scriptures, read for yourselves, follow along, do whatever you would like, um, but they will be in the description of this podcast. So where we're going to start today is John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and um, this is a cool passage to me. This is the passage of the Samaritan woman, where Jesus meets this Samaritan woman. She's basically an outcast. She's going to the well in the middle of the day, And then she starts asking all these questions, and Jesus starts giving her answers. And then um, at the end of their conversation, Jesus says something pretty spectacular to her. So he tells her in verse 21, Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. 
You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. And this is the key verse right here. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. Now, that's kind of like our our baseline, right? I believe God is calling true worshipers. I believe God is calling people to worship Him in spirit and in truth, like all-encompassing lifestyle type of worship, not Mm -hmm. just singing, not just something that we do as a ritual almost, but like true worship. And so we break this down into three sections. And that first one is our time. What do we do with our time? And I told you guys, like, I'm I'm a very distracted person. I have to be distracted almost at all points of the day. And that sounds crazy because, like, then I would never get anything done. But it's like, I have ADHD, so my brain goes all over the place. And I need distractions all the time. But, like, one of the questions that you were asked is, like, what takes the majority of your time? For me, obviously, it's work. Like, this is where I spend most of my time. Like, I'm here... 40 plus hours a week. So obviously this takes up the majority of my time. But like, let's take work out of it. Um, What outside of work, what takes the majority of your time? Mike, I'll kind of throw it over to you and kind of just let you speak into what what takes the majority of your time and why time is so important. Definitely like probably music, um, probably I don't know, video games, working out, just whatever, you know, things. Listen to a lot of music, set aside time to play a lot of guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at least an, an hour or more every day. I just, um, I'm working out and I don't know. That's about my day. Yeah, that, that kind of like comes in seasons for me. Mm-hmm. Um, gym is a big thing for me too. Yeah. I like my time in the gym. I can kind of shut everything else out and spend my time that way. But like, for me, like I said, it comes in seasons. Sometimes like during the summer months, I'm super busy with activities and things that are going on in the youth group, even outside of like being in my office. Oh yeah. When October, November roll around, then it's time for hunting season. Deer season comes in, then I go hunt and I spend my time doing that. And then duck season rolls around in December. And I spend time doing that. But like, I don't know, for me, I spend a lot of my time wasting time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's like, that's pretty dangerous. Like time is super valuable. Time is that one thing that you can't ever get it back. Like once it's gone, you can't just reach out and grab time and bring it back. Like you you can't add seconds to your life. Like you can eat healthy, you can exercise, you can do all these things. But at the end of the day, when God calls you home, God calls you home. That's why time is so valuable Mm -hmm. because we have a limited number of days here on this earth. So your time is absolutely invaluable. You cannot put a price tag on your time. So then the question is like, what should you be doing with your time? What what's important in your time? And for me, I don't know about for you, but like for me, wasting time is like the easiest thing in the world for me. Yeah. I am an expert at wasting time. I'm really good at it. I can figure out how to waste time in a heartbeat. Same. Yeah. But I call that idle time. 
like just bored, wasting time, or trying to not do the things you're supposed to be doing, not fulfilling your responsibilities, not doing your homework, or um, not cleaning your room like your parents asked you to, or not hanging out with that friend that's been wanting to hang out with you, but like instead wasting time. And I wonder, like, what does that idle time look like for us? Like, when you find yourself having nothing to do, what's your go-to? Oh, yeah. I'm scrolling through Instagram all the time. So much. Instagram. Like, what a boomer. Like, um, as soon as my homework is in front of me, like, 30 seconds in, Instagram. I got I to gotta take a break, <laughs> you know? Uh, I've been doing it for too long. I just need some kind of, yeah, yeah, a time waster, some kind of distraction. Doesn't even have to be that that interesting, just like enough more interesting than what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. That I would rather do it. Your phone is like an addictive chemical. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It truly is. Like that screen, it locks your eyes in and you're just, you're done for. And we'll talk more about that here in just a little while. But, um, the verse that kind of sticks out to me about this whole thing is uh, John chapter 9, verse 4. Um, Jesus says, We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And I think that out of context, that can be kind of taken a bunch of different ways. Um, essentially, what Jesus is saying is that there was a blind man. He was born blind, and Jesus is going to heal him. And when he goes to heal him, um, he says in verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. Look, God is working. God is moving. He is active. And look, if you're wasting your time, you're only prolonging the movement of God in your life. That's pretty good. If you're wasting time, you're only prolonging the movement of God in your life. Because when you capitalize on your time, like it says in verse 4, we must do the works of him who sent me while it is day, because night is coming when no one can work. So like you have to capitalize on the time that you have and use it wisely for your edification. We talked about that last week, that mm -hmm. edification thing. Like you have to use it to be fed and I think that we waste so much time rather than being intentional with our time. What is like being, in, I, this is a, like a genuine, genuine question I want to know. What does being intentional with your time look like to you? Being intentional with my time. Uh, Put him on the spot. I don't know. Doing, doing what I'm supposed to do, even when it's not what I want to do. Ooh. I, I got I to gotta set aside time to... Put down the phone, put down the guitar, put down whatever I'm doing, and grind out what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. If I have to, every single week I have to put in tracks for our music, you know, correct, so that we can play along to it <laughs> on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. That sounds so bad. It's we just like play along with some music. I mean, like we, we don't like, actually do anything. That's how it. <laughs> there's not a church our size that doesn't. Though. True. True. I true. Mean, true. True. But, uh, you know, I have to do that every week. If I don't do that, I'm going to have to do it on Sunday morning, and that's going to suck for everyone. Or Wednesday night practice. Is or Wednesday night practice. Yeah, that, that'll be brutal as well. 
So, you know, I got to I got to put down the distractions and I have to do that every single week. That's that's what being intentional with my time is. I do it early in the week. I don't have to do it when time is, you know, when I'm being pressed for time. Right. That's, you know, me using my time wisely, I guess, to do something intentional. Yeah, and that's not like the easiest thing in the world either. Like I understand that that takes a lot of willpower for one. And it takes like a different mindset too, like being intentional with your time. What you said at the the very beginning of that was um, doing what I am supposed to do rather than what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we know that like what we want to do isn't always what we're supposed to be doing. It's the, the difference between right and wrong. Like, we know well, I that. also I also used an example that was obligatory. Like I, I I have to do that, right? Right. But also sometimes things that you're supposed to do could be optional. Ooh, yeah, uh, I yeah, thought yeah. about that halfway through. Is like, sure, this is obligatory, but like, what if when you don't have to do that thing? You know mm-hmm. that that makes it even harder because it's like I could get by slacking off here. Yeah. So let's just like to the point. Instead of scrolling through TikTok, yeah. you should read your Bible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was always told, and this is the millennial coming out in me, so please forgive me. If you're a student listening to this, like, just, I don't know, plug your ears, <laughs> click the button to skip 15 seconds, because this <laughs> is going to make you trend, or trend. This is going to make you cringe. Um, I was always told, get off of Facebook and <laughs> get into God's book. <laughs> And that's so cringy. That's like awesome. just saying it is so cringy. Wow. But like it's very, very true. Like social media is definitely like an addiction and an a pro- it's a problem. So like instead of spending three hours scrolling through TikTok, maybe take 30 minutes of that and spend time in the Word. Maybe take an hour of that, spend 30 minutes in the Word and spend 30 minutes journaling. Maybe just delete TikTok altogether. And I know that's like, mm. whoa, yeah. that's heresy yeah. to some of these. <laughs> I've deleted like half of the social media apps on my phone. Because they're so toxic, And, and right? it makes, like my life is so, it, it runs so much smoother. Like if you want to talk about wasting that. time, the number one time waster in this culture is social media. Absolutely. For sure. Like 15 second, 15 to 30 second videos mm-hmm. wind up st- Stealing like three hours of your day. Yeah, well, they're not that long, so you can watch more of them, right? right? And then it sucks you in. So, so. crazy, man. Yeah. It, it is. It's honestly insane to me to watch how social media has really changed over uh, the years. You know, when I I had a Facebook when I was like twelve, um, and that was the only social media was mm-hmm. Facebook. So it, it's kind of crazy to watch how it's all changed. But a hundred percent, we're gonna move on to the next thing. But to recap that right there, what are you doing with your time? Your time is invaluable. Stop wasting your time. And to get right to the point, instead of wasting your time, be intentional with it. Use it to do the work of the Lord. Use it for your own edification. Use it to grow. Use your time wisely to benefit you in a positive way. And by a positive way, I'm not saying just some positive vibes in your life by listening to some lo-fi music. I'm saying like, to benefit you in a spiritually positive way. Listen to some worship music. Listen to this podcast. Go back and listen to old episodes or do whatever. 
but like spend your time wisely and use it for spiritual edification. Okay, moving on. The next area of worship that I think when God calls this true worshiper, this is part of what he's talking about. This is a part of being a true worshiper, and it's not one that people talk about. It's where you take your pain. Where you take your pain. Because at the end of the day, like, your painful moments, they leave a lot of, like, scars. They leave a lot of indentation on your life, so you feel it for a long period of time. It's like when you wear, like, tall socks for a whole day, and you take off your tall socks, and then right there at the top of your tall socks, you have a ring around your leg. That indentation it's going to be there for a while. So like the painful things in your life, they leave indentations on you. And so you feel them for a long period of time and they're just like little bumps in the road. And then eventually those indentations turn into like big gaping wounds and then you're scarred. So what do you do with those big monumental things in your life, that that pain that is in your life? I, you know, for I hate pain. Like I don't like to be in pain i don't know about you like i don't know many people who like like are seeking pain i also like don't have this massive pain tolerance i i don't know for me that's just not something that like i enjoy i don't enjoy pain some people are weird and they're like it's no big deal like i don't like people to touch me when i'm in pain either like i remember i was i used to ride a skateboard all the time yeah and weird phase of my life but I was doing a trick down these stairs and I fell and I broke my ankle. Um, and I didn't want anybody to help me up. So I didn't really let anybody know that my ankle was hurt because yeah. I don't like people to touch me. I, I I just like, if I'm in pain, just get away. Like I just try to isolate myself and I don't want anybody near me. And so I wind up riding my skateboard a mile back to my friend's house. And when I get there, I roll my jeans up and my ankle is like, it's not even an ankle anymore. It's, yeah. it's just gone. That's, that's a yikes. Ooh. But like, that's how, that's how I deal with my physical pain. I don't like people to touch me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like this. I so like we take our pain to places. Like we do something to cope with the pain in our lives and how you cope with the pain in your life is a big indicator of like what's most important in your life. Mm-hmm. Like if you run into your friends all the time to help you work through this situation, like, I'm glad that you've got good friends in your life, but should that be your first stop? Or, like, maybe you go straight to your parents. And, I'm again, I'm glad you have that relationship with your parents or your small group leader or anything. Insert anything here. You run to that first when you're in pain. Should that be where you go first? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I don't... I know that that is not what... That's not what Scripture teaches us through Jesus' example in the book of Luke. And so, in the book of Luke, this is one of my favorite stories in the Gospels. One of my favorites by far. It's the woman with the issue of blood, and she reaches out, and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. That's how much faith she had in Jesus. But this woman, like, you've got to understand, yes, there was physical pain, there was a physical thing going on, but she had so much spiritual and emotional pain going on in her life because she was outcasted. She was looked down upon, People despised this woman in her society, but she knew if she could get close to Jesus that she'd be healed. So where did she take her pain? She took her pain to the feet of Jesus. Like she literally chased Jesus through a crowd and reached out and just touched his robe 
so that she could be healed. She took all of that stuff, all the emotional damage, all the spiritual scars, all the physical pain in her life, she took it to the feet of Jesus. That's worship, bro. Like, that is 100% what worship is all about. That's the epitome of it. You got anything to, like, that story is so impactful to me, and we've talked about that story before with different sermons and stuff, but, like, where do, where does that take your your mind and your heart here in that story? If there is something in your life that is so important that if even touching it, you have hope just by even touching it. You know, she, I don't know if she, you know, I don't know that woman's mind exactly when that moment happened, but I don't know if she knew for a fact that she would be healed when she touched his garment. Maybe she was trying to touch his body. He, she, maybe she thought the clothes wouldn't heal her, but maybe if she touched his skin, it would, mm-hmm. and she accidentally touched the garment. I don't know. She had hope in that moment, though. You know, through, through no earthly means could she be healed, but she had hope that Jesus would heal her. Mm. That is, is worship. Putting, putting all your eggs in that basket, that's worship. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think I think worship and hope go hand in hand. Like like we have hope because we worship, and we worship because we have hope. Ooh. Sounds circular. I'm you know, but it is though. But there's but God is in there. That that's that's the you know definer right. there. But um, yeah, I don't know if we if we have hope, we should worship. And if you're worshiping and you think you don't have hope, you you might be doing something wrong there. For sure. No, I I like that hope most definitely plays a factor into worship. And, you know, if we said um, at the beginning what worship is, worship is um, responding to who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd never met Jesus before. No. This woman had never encountered Jesus, but she heard. Like, she heard of the mm-hmm. cool things that he was doing. Yep. Like, at this point in the book of Luke, Jesus had already done a ton of cool things. He was teaching some really cool lessons and and walking with these guys so she heard and she knew what he was doing and she had enough faith to take every ounce of pain that she had and just throw herself at the feet of jesus Mm -hmm. and say i got nothing left i i can't i have nothing all of my pain you got to do something with Mm -hmm. it and when she throws it all on him it's just like instantaneous relief. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the end of that where Jesus is speaking to her and he heals her in two ways. He takes her pain away in two ways. One, he takes away her physical pain. But most importantly, he takes away all of that emotional damage, all of the shame and the guilt and the spiritual scars that have been left on her for so many years. He takes all of that and it's just like, whoosh gone. He wipes it all away. Like where you take your pain is so vital. You could take it to so many unhealthy places. Like you think of the most dramatic thing you could do. You could take your pain to an addiction. You could be addicted to drugs. You could be an alcoholic. You can do whatever. You can take your pain to all these different places. You could take your pain to relationships. You could take it to social media. You can do whatever. You can place your pain in a lot of different areas. However, the one true thing that is going to heal your pain, that's going to take your pain and subside that, is Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's what this woman is a perfect example of. Yeah. So to be a true worshiper, you got to take your pain 
to the feet of Jesus. And then lastly, and this one's a massive one for um, teenagers and really for adults too, is where or what has your attention? What has your attention? And that's a tough question, especially for me. I have ADHD, like we know this. It's hard for me to focus on one thing at a time. So what has my attention at any given moment is probably like a myriad of 45 things. But like what I give my attention to, that's what I'm worshiping. Like what I'm giving my attention to, that is what I'm worshiping. Mm-hmm. And look, just as a, a caveat to all of this, and a, a pretty good example, if I put all of my attention on the student ministry in Harvest, and, and this is going to sound at first kind of crazy, if I put all my attention to that and I throw myself in it 100%, it's not going to grow like it could. It's not going to be as healthy as it could because at that point I begin to worship student ministry. Mm-hmm. If you put all your attention into your small group, if you put all your attention into coming to church on Sunday, then you're worshiping church. What has your attention has your worship. If you're just coming here for a service and you're not chasing after Jesus every other day of the week, you don't worship Jesus. You worship a church service. Mm-hmm. And that's like a tough reality, like to really sit and think about that. It's a good evaluation tool, that's for sure. Yeah. I'd say that if you're... It's like if you... I feel like all of us know this. If if a pastor it cares too much about how the church looks that's where their attention is. They don't care about how they're displaying God. Ooh. You know, they don't they don't care about the the spiritual uh side of how it looks rather than the physical side of it how it looks. And it's the same thing with um like you said, you know, like time-based things like each each event, each church service or whatever. If you're placing if you care about that more than you care about Christ, I don't know that that Christ doesn't have your attention, and, mm. and that defeats the whole point of coming to a service or coming to an event. Right, like I don't ever want to have a service just to have a service. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do an outlet. Like it's a lot of work <laughs> to make yeah. an outlet service happen. Like there's a lot of prep that goes on. These leaders are doing all their things. Like they're putting in the time and the effort, praying over these students. Like, there's a lot of labor that goes into it, but if it's just labor for the sake of a service, then it's null and void. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I'm working because I'm asking God to work, and He's called me to do my own... He's calling me to to have my own responsibilities and to take care of what I need to take care of so that He can. And I think that when it comes to what has our attention, there's two ways that, like, we talked on Sunday night about the the two different ways that, like, you give your attention to something. What you see and what you hear. Like, that's what you give your attention to. What you're looking at and what you're hearing. 
and I'm not like I'm not talking about whatever music you're listening to. I'm not talking about like I am, but I'm not. It's this weird thing. Yes, that is a part of it. Like the music that you put in your ears, the shows that you watch, the the influencers that you listen to, even the podcasts that you listen to, whatever goes in your ears, that's going to stay and that's going to speak volumes into who you are and it's going to grab your attention. Also, what you're looking at. If you're looking at things you know you should not be looking at, that's going to affect your heart. And worship is all about your heart because your heart has to see who God is and know what he's done. That's worship. And so it says in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees and he calls them a brood of vipers. And he says, How can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. I've always heard that, like my whole life. Have you heard that verse like over and over in your life? Mm-hmm. Like people always tell me, out of the out of the heart the mouth speaks. That's what I always hear. It's yep. the King James translation. Out of the heart the mouth speaks. If your mouth speaks what's in your heart, then I think it's important to know how things get into your heart. And there's two filters, your eyes and your ears. That's how things get in. Because if your attention, if the attention of your heart is not on Jesus then the worship that comes out of your life is going to be half-hearted at most. Like, it's not going to be full worship if the attention of your heart is not on Jesus. You can fake it for a little while, Mm -hmm. but if the attention of your heart isn't on Jesus, like, I'm just going to say this, and then I'm just going to hand it over to you and kind of let you speak into this whole attention thing. Um, If you walk in here on a Sunday night, and this this might be tough, if you walk in here on a Sunday night and your attention is on everything and anything besides getting something out of the Word of God, besides hearing something from Him, besides having your heart changed and your life changed by Him, if it's on anything else, if your attention is on anything else but Jesus, you might be able to fake it for a song or two, but when it comes down to it, you're not worshiping. Mm-hmm. And you're not here for the right reasons because your attention isn't on the right thing. You have to have your attention on Jesus. So, like, how does that play into worship in in your opinion, in your eyes? Like, what do you see, or how do you how do you see that playing out in the lives of people around you, students, leaders, whatever? Well, uh, I'm gonna expand on that real quick. I think that if uh, it's something that I pray. Uh, before we worship uh, on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, uh, when like after we're done with practice, when we do our prayer, uh, I always pray while you know, like during the prayer. Um, first, this is off topic, but first to soften my heart because you know that's just something I need. We can talk about that at another time. Mm-hmm. But to, uh, second, uh, to f- make sure that my worship, you know, are the songs that we play is about God and not about the music, you know, because I need my attention drawn away from the music and towards God. It's a, it's a problem that I think a lot of musicians have in general. You know, you can kind of see it in, sure. in modern worship and worship in general. But um, I, I think, like, how how pointless and how fruitless is it 
to imagine something like imagine the outlet without God, you know, imagine, imagine mm-hmm. like an outlet service, but take away everything that is Christ centered. Uh, like what's the point? Like, why exist. do you come? You know, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get not having your attention on God for something like that. Like, Maybe for the game time or something like that, it's fun. You know, it's a good time for a little while. But once your parents stop making you come, are you going to come back? Like, why? Why are you there? So if you're listening to this right now, I'm sure, you know, your heart is focused on God to some extent. Good. It should be. But when you walk in here, pray to yourself. Lord, let me focus on you, you know, get, get myself and the people around me out of the way and, and draw my attention towards you. Um, and if, if you, you know, can't focus, if you can't keep your attention on God, I, I would say make it a, like normalize the prayer to, to keep your attention on God. Cause mm. that will like it perpetuates itself. It's like, you know, if you normalize the prayer, Hey, keep my attention on you. You're already keeping your attention on him. Right. 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 Like it's like a, again, it's like a circular thing, but it works, you right. know, it, it works for a reason. Um, but yeah, that's something that I do to keep, to keep God at the forefront of my mind while I'm, while I'm here. No, that's super good. I, I really like that. Cause like, like you said, even it, just praying that prayer automatically like shifts your mind. Yep. It just automatically shifts your attention. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just for a moment, like it shifts your attention to all right. Now I got to focus. This is this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. If I'm going to live my lifestyle of worship, I got to have my attention on Jesus. And that plays into so many other areas of your life too, like whether you go to school every day, whether you go to work every day, whether you got to deal with that just annoying person at school, whether you got to deal with that bully who will not leave you alone, whether you got to deal with that coworker that you really just can't get over what they said to you, like whatever it is, you have to focus your attention on Jesus. Because look, I have this written down in, in my notes. Satan loves to have your ear. He loves to speak into your life. If Satan can control what you hear he can control what you think. If he can control what you think, he can control what you what you worship. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're keeping your attention on Jesus, he's got no room because Jesus has your ear. Yep. So as long as you can put your mind, Colossians 3.2 says to set your mind on the things above. And that's my encouragement to you guys as we wrap this thing up. As we, I know this has been a long one, but we're done. Um, <laughs> set your mind on the things above. Live your lifestyle of worship because it is a process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. What are you thinking about? Where do you take your pain? And what has your attention? These are the areas that will help create a lifestyle of worship. And look, I pray that God just does something incredible in your life, that you start to develop this lifestyle of worship, and that He would change things and move things in your life to help you see more of who He is and what he does. That's how we worship. That's what it's all about. Look, um, we've got some cool things coming up for you guys um, as far as podcasts go, uh, some special guests getting lined up and things like that. 
Um, and then Mike is actually going to be out of town this week. So no podcast for the next week. So it will be the week after that we'll pick back up. So we'll miss a week and then we'll pick back up and uh, pretty excited for that. So um, look, love you guys. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate you tuning in. I know this has been a longer one, but it's been awesome, man. It's been a cool conversation. Mike, I appreciate you. Appreciate all your production skills. Thanks for everything. Mike I appreciate is, you, Stephen, and your, and your word and your notes and all I, that. I try my best, man. It's, it's just a good time hanging out. But yeah. we love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out. Peace.